If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Good afternoon, Elon. How are you this week? Good afternoon, Will. I'm great. Why don't we say good afternoon to everybody else who's in the room? Hell, good afternoon, Catherine. Good afternoon, Zach. And good afternoon, Rachel. Good afternoon. Oh my gosh, there are people here. We made it. It's another week of Lost and Rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is. Radio Free Brooklyn. That's Rachel Teichman. Hello, Rachel Teichman. That's Will Hasty. Hi, I'm Will Hasty. And I'm Catherine Dunn. My name is Alon Danziger, and we are joined this week by returning guest, Zach Lennon. Simon. Hey, it's hey. me. It's you, Zach. It's roll, pal. <laughs> Welcome back, Mr. Zach. Welcome back. It's been some time since the last time you were here, and we're so grateful you're here. Before we begin, uh, just want to thank everybody, or just you, whomever you, this single person, are. Hmm. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you right there. Yeah, turn around. We're talking to you. Thanks for listening. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn's Rec Room is where we are recording from today. In beautiful, beautiful Bushwick. Delicious Bushwick. And uh, we do this show every week as a way to dig deep into our old sounds from the past and learn a little bit about who we used to be and how we got from there to here, connecting the dots between then and now. And Zach has done that before, and we're grateful that he's back to do it again. Um, we're going to get to that soon. And, uh, you know, everybody in this room has shared a little bit about their past. If you, you, that's right, want to share something from your past, email the show at lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org and uh, get embarrassed with us. Yeah. Yes. You, yes. Yeah. 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 You're doing okay, Will? Yeah. You're doing okay, Catherine? Stellar. <laughs> and Rachel? Yeah. You, 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 I, I just found out that four years, uh, excuse me, four, yeah, four, four, four years since you started working out. That's true. Oh, since you started powerlifting? Yeah. Congratulations. Nice. Thank you. I work out. I can give you a polite golf clap. I'm sorry. I'm sexy That's okay. I know it. <laughs> let's, let's, shall we begin? No. No! <laughs> Power lift him out of this room, Rachel. I probably can. Uh, you know what? I'm going to correct that. Yes, I can. Well, let's go.
So Zach Lennon Simon, you are are returning for the first time since January, the beginning of the year. You were here. Yep. Has anything changed other than uh, your hair, which has only slightly changed? Since January. Uh, We're chatting a little bit about some of the shows you've been doing. Yeah. but uh, Oh, gosh. I think a bunch has happened. but Are you getting enough oxygen right now? Yeah. yeah. Good. My good. oxygen supply is great. Perfect. Breathing in and out. Just That's like good. Just like you told me to. Good. Uh, yeah. What have I been up to in the past year? I've done like a bunch of shows. Um, it's sticking more to comedy. The last time we were here, we were chatting, Will and I, uh, with you about comedy and how uh, you are really starting to get hone in more on your chops on the stand-up tip. How has that been going? It's been fine. It's about, it's hard to, I think, gauge any of that stuff because you're like, cool, I did that show. And then you sit for like two months and you're like, but I didn't do any other shows. Then you're like, well, is it based on how many shows I do or is it how like often I do writing or make myself laugh? Oh, you know what? There's a a long stretch where I did nothing, and that felt, uh, you know, sad and cool. Sad and cool. How do you be sad and cool? Hey, look at me. I'm always sad and cool. Uh, <laughs> no, I had a um a like yeah, you know, like you know, when depression like comes out and hangs out, and he's just like, oh, you're not gonna do shit for a while. Uh, I just had that for like a cool mm, five six months. High five. Yeah. Do you normally get depressed during the winter? I would say yes, but also all seasons. Would you? Oh, I was so I was going to say, do you? Is it a, perhaps a? Have you gotten checked out for sad for seasonal affective disorder? <laughs> oh, I thought you just meant sad in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've checked that. Students sad. against doing drugs. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> like those kids and their ecstasy. Ugh. <laughs> now presenting the war on drugs. <laughs> Criminal intentions. Against the most vulnerable of populations. Indeed. True. <laughs> That's how Radio Free Brooklyn pays the bills. We just yes. have mini shows really fast. Precisely. You know what would be fun? Putting crack into inner city communities and then using the profits to buy oh, missiles totally. from Iran. Totally. I love you, Ollie North. Mm. <laughs> Iran-Contra? Anybody? No? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. Thank you. That's such we'll a deep it. cut. <laughs> Um, cutting the war on drugs. Exactly. <laughs> um, what do, do you do? You um, usually take to any uh, paraphernalia to uh, combat that seasonal depression, or that around the year de- depression. Oh, uh, I mean, I I go to a therapist, a lovely therapist. Okay. Uh, I've been seeing him for about seven years, on and off. The same therapist for seven years. Yeah, that's awesome. He's great. He's right by my old elementary school. And he so. he and he works well with you. He does work pretty well. If he's so good, would you still be seeing him? Oh, I'm not like a therapist where it, where you can just see me every day, and it doesn't matter if I ever get better. <laughs> I only just started seeing the uh, therapist I have now for eh, about maybe like a few months. Maybe mm-hmm. I was seeing a therapist before that for a little under a year. Maybe yeah, a little <laughs> under a year. And um, I've discovered that having a therapist that is like out of my neighborhood. And mm. cheaper is much better than the therapist that I could walk to and mm. charges me $25 over my copay. Yeah. Oh, shit. I am sort of in the same boat as Elon, but I do travel quite a distance to see mine. But it is, yeah. I'd, I'd say it's absolutely worth it. This is a guy who has become a humongously beneficial influence in my life. Yeah. Have we all invested in therapy? Yes. Every single person here, Kath. I currently hate uh, the entire system and don't have a therapist right now, but I have my whole life had like different therapists. Yeah. Well, I mean, the system of therapy or health insurance or which one? 
health insurance and then getting therapy like my therapist my last therapist basically um he would fall asleep during our sessions he would be late yeah so like a bunch of things that i didn't like or Mm. i don't think anybody should have to put up with then like he wouldn't remember important things so i'd have like things that i should just shorten that i hate repeating like they can't retain information like that's their job basically to know like what their clients is uh, what their patients is effectively uh um you know deal is they're not taking proper notes yeah True. And like, what are you writing? If you're not writing those important things, you're like, do you not look at the notes? Like, what are you doing? You're late <laughs> I'm sorry for the, the session. I'm so sorry. The sketch I'm thinking of is just you. You. You see this very loving therapist who's like, no, that's no, it's good. Explain that, and then you just see written on the pad, this bitch is crazy. I mean, yeah, that is. I mean, uh, speaking on Talked behalf about of the field, like, today. like, yes, that could be something. That's right. <laughs> Except probably not because from a moral standpoint and ethics thing, if you request to see your therapy notes, they have to show them to you. So, like, they're probably not writing stuff like this bitch is crazy just, just because of that. I, I would not assume, in a legible manner. Yeah. And I would assume that if they are doing something like that, it's at least going to, like, they wouldn't be so, if they're terrible enough that they're going to be that biased to write that simplistic of a note. Yeah. That's not a good sign for their level of capability. Yeah. You're right. It's fascinating because I never actually thought to use that tool. Like, Really? No, I don't think I've ever asked them for the notes. Never. I've I've never never knew that was a thing. I never knew that was a thing. Well, guys, the the iconic image of a therapist is a dude holding a notebook, taking notes. I mean, mine's just like talks. I my first time seeing him, he I was like, "Are you going to take notes?" He's like, "No, I'll write about it afterwards. I just want to be present for you." And I'm like, "That's chill and cool, very cool." Yeah, I prefer that method. I'm like, I want to read your notes because I did ask him. Uh, recently I was like, am I the patient you have that you talk about at parties? And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he knows exactly. Like, no, he knows what you're like, talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what you, exactly. Yeah, what he's, not, he's other, just lied to you. That's yeah. definitely it. You and the other tweed jacket people, you're all like hanging out. And you're like, oh, this one person, <laughs> you won't believe this. And just like <laughs> says some shit from my life. And everyone's like, that guy's great. And they're like always coming back like, can you tell us about Mr. Lennon Simon? And he, he had a very good answer where he's like, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, why not? Like, am I not funny to you? (laughs) Do I not entertain? Uh, Are you not entertained? This is is a fascinating uh, question. Have you ever run into your therapist outside of the office, outside of the room? No. And that freaked me out recently when I realized that because I was like, he doesn't have a receptionist. He's in like the basement of a brownstone. Mm -hmm. I ring the bell. It like self buzzes me in or whatever. I go in. I see him. I leave. I've never seen him outside that basement. And I'm a person that who basement. historically um, has had like hallucinations or things or talked to voices or people that aren't really there. Yeah. Um, and so then it occurred to me recently, I was like, what if he's not? What real? if he was never there? Dr. Tyler Durden. <laughs> no, so literally, so literally you go down there and the next time you go down, you're, you've, you've sort of acclimated. And you open that basement door and there's and just a, there's a pile of cash. <laughs> no, no, there's literally just a pile of cash pile sitting of there checks. that was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all my <laughs> do you take it or do you years. leave it? You're like, oh my God, all my therapy is paid my off. Thank you. bills are paid and it's just Bruce Willis in the sixth sense. <laughs> oh man. So it's an M. Night's uh, uh, plot twist. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. You know, when you do run into your therapist in, mm. in the world, um, you have to respect that boundary that yeah. whatever you have had that conversation whatever conversation you've had mm. behind closed doors like you don't know this person and i remember i well, used to that's not totally true like mm. you as the client you you can, you, like, you can acknowledge that you see yeah, them you can say hi to them but they can't but they, to you well well that's not totally 
true. It really like educated each, social worker. Yeah. So each therapist oh, yeah, has. Same. <laughs> yeah. So each therapist has their own standard that they go by. Some of them, if if they are acknowledged, they'll be friendly. They'll say hi back. But if they're if you're with somebody, they won't say anything of the sort. Some play it more subtle. Others don't. But most won't approach you. I've only ever run into my therapist on the street once, and mm-hmm. both times it was sort. It was as if I was greeting a business. You know, as if I was greeting a business acquaintance. It's just, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, good to see you that's too, how man. it goes. I ran into my therapist at a coffee shop. Oh dear! When we were both late for our session. Oh, that's, that's really incredible. Funny. I had a very weird experience, and I'm not going to go into super details because I feel like it would be inappropriate. But I called my therapist, and he picked up, and he was with his family, and I didn't know he had a family, and I didn't know he was married. And so the concept of him, of seeing him in that other context while Betrayal. they were, no, 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 while they were going around. I mean, I mean, <laughs> honestly, be with me. <laughs> honestly, no, 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 there's, there's, there's a little bit of, there's, there's some truth to that statement. It was sort of like, oh my God, this, this is an entire aspect of this person that I had no concept of. What and else it, haven't you told me? <laughs> well, no, no, it, it, a little bit. It was sort of like, there's so, it was that realization of this is a person who's helped me a lot mm. and I know so little about them. Yeah. I, I thought it, about that a lot with yeah. my own, and that's why I came up with a um, a whole backstory for my person. Because <laughs> I would for a while I would like call him and and leave voicemails, and he would call me back to confirm like our appointment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in session, he's like a very like very relaxed persona. Like mm-hmm. he's just kind of like, okay, so what's up with that? Like why is that? But when he's giving these voicemails at like eight thirty at night, he sounds like he's had like four glasses of Fernet, and he's like, let's. <laughs> Let's nail out these voicemails. He's like, hello, Zach. It's Dr. Alan Eisenberg. I'm calling to confirm our appointment. See you then. And I'm like, what? Who is this entertainer? So I always think of his inner life. His like wife wanted him to be a therapist, but in his heart, he wanted to be a jazz singer. It's literally the jazz singer <laughs> for my therapist. And I every time I see him, I just because he's got that like little like white mustache and like a comb over. Oh, my like, God. Can I you could just please... see him like turning around and going like, please take a picture of this man. Hello, to us. world. I'm you, ready to shine. You need to tell him about this because like he probably won't react in session, but he'll think it's he really won't. funny. There's no way in hell you haven't he'll told him this. He'll talk about it at the party. Do you haven't told him this? I have you not you told need him. you got to tell him this. Yeah. yeah, it's my time. I'm not here for his problems. No. No. <laughs> on the topic of therapists, you got to but... fix my shit. <laughs> I'll work, I'm the on, patient you, here, I'll work on your set list later. <laughs> Backtracking all the way to your childhood, that's when you began uh, therapy. <laughs> How old were you when you had oh, uh, your first therapy session? Um, I was eight, 18, 17. I just finished my freshman year at college. Okay. And that's when really like my, um, uh, like hearing all these like different voices and, and things and hallucinations yeah. was like full throttle kicking you, in. You spoke Hello, about this. Zach. Yeah. Just, oh my God, you're back. Hello. How are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> Brett so, Kavanaugh, so, so nice to hear from you. Dear man. I, I, <laughs> thank you for getting me on the board or on the bench. <laughs> um, I tried as hard as I could to keep you away. So Rachel and Catherine <laughs> were not there for this talking point of uh, previously. The, 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 <laughs> previously on Lost and Remount. Oh, Lost and um, Remount. You, uh, you did have uh, legit voices that were uh, mm. helping you write songs in your head about certain. Um, but not theatrical? No, they. I mean, each voice had its own personality. Right. Uh, like, I think one was like a British butler. So uh, theatrical to an extent. Yeah, theatrical to an extent. There are no butlers anymore. Come on. But one of these sides of you uh, was. I beg to differ, do my you have friend. A butler? I do not have a butler. I know people who have butlers. Closed. One no, of... I do. I, I I do see some people fairly regularly who do in fact have butlers. One of these voices uh-huh. was the uh, reason that these songs were being created. That you uh, of one of which that you had shared with us, like a whole album's worth or something. 
Yeah, I don't know. Or all the songs were written by different personalities? No, I mean, they weren't all written by different personalities. Uh, I think, like, one was a voice, like, telling me these things of, like, hey, she 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 doesn't love you. She never loved you. She was only with you to get with the next guy. Uh, and then, like, just kept telling me this, like, that, um, what's that stupid phrase? Uh, jealousy rears its ugly head. Um, and it kept, it kept saying like, jealousy rears its ugly head, but you have a beautiful head. You don't have to worry about anything. You're going to be alone with your head forever. Wow. That is literally um, a, like, you are not capable of being loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that character. But your hair is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I like that he like gave me a little bit there. It's like very nice Jewish grandmother. And yeah, so that was one voice. A bunch of other voices told me a lot of other uh, things some helpful, some harmful, and some of them um, left after you started taking therapy uh, when you were uh, in your first year of college. Yeah, and sleeping more. <laughs> That's fair. Are you content without having them now? Uh, I mean, there are still some. I guess I around. meant fewer. They're fewer. I'm happier with uh, fewer. I like knowing where I have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and that it's under my control. I have a lot of problems with understanding that, like. The things I do are guided by me wanting to do them rather than some external force being like, oh, we built this bridge and now you walk over it because we want you to. And now this hmm. is going to happen because of that. When you hear a voice or yep. when or when they are directing you, per se, mm. it, does it have some flavor of a prior thought you've had? Right. Because I've had voices where I'm hyper aware that it's my own voice, mm. but it'll be a reoccurring thought that just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and gets me into a fundamentally different physical state. Right. Like I'll be mm. near panic or near depression or near terror. Yeah. Um, are the did the voices take on distinct emotional flavors and characteristics and they are and they only stay within that sort of realm mm-hmm. of emotion or is it or, or, or are they full fledged people in your head? Um, I think when they started showing up, it was like full fledged people. And that okay. was kind of in my most manic state where I wasn't sleeping at all. I was just mm-hmm. in this very dark room editing. And then they've kind of more morphed into reflections of myself. Like mm-hmm. it's, it is my voice, but it's like this like turn for, you know, in like, yeah. uh, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer when there's like Willow and then there's like Dark Willow. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they're like looking at each other. She's like, that came from me. That's how it kind of feels sometimes where I'm like, right oh on. crap, that's still me. It's not like a, a foreign entity that's mm-hmm. trying to like teach me or drill me in some way. Uh, it's myself being, these are my worst tendencies being like, hey, step into traffic. Did, let's, let's see what happens. Did any mm-hmm. of these personalities start coming about uh, even before you got to college? I wouldn't call it like self-harm tendencies, but I would have like, Oh, it would be really cool if like we just had like a week off and what, how do you get a week off from like living? Oh, let's just get like hit by a car. Uh, and then you'll get knocked out. Um, and then you won't have to like do any paperwork. Cause when you wake up, it'll all be done. As a kid, I was very worried about paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third time I've said this in this recording. High five. High five. No, wait, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. I want to talk more about this. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> As a kid, I was very worried about paperwork. And I know for a fact that in third grade, the first girl I fell in love with, I fell in love with her cause she was good at math. And I was like, I heard about taxes. They sound awful. If we get married, you do the taxes because you like math. And I'll like, I'll, she loved when I fell into things or like ran into walls. So I was like, I'll just get concussions for you. And that's oh, what love my is, God. right? I mm. still kind of don't know that that's not true. Wow. Can I, can I give you, can I give <laughs> I you? I want to know what love is. I want to know what love is. Can I, can I give you a, 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 a shit uh, pop analysis of that? Sure. Perhaps it sounds like 
those are reflections uh, as as I myself quite effectively experienced of both a fear of success mm-hmm. to put yourself out there and throw and, and discover your true capabilities and a fear of failure that to put yourself out there and to discover those possibilities will in fact sink you because you will inevitably fail. Yeah. And I'm bad at math. <laughs> Will's projecting. I think you're a couple of Chuck Palahniuk books rolled into one. Choke. I'm referencing choke. You feel like choke. You feel like Fight Club. He doesn't feel like choke. (laughs) Yes, he does, because I'm also projecting. (laughs) Before these voices started Mm -hmm. really coming full throttle when you were in high school, um, did you um, gravitate more towards film or uh, theater when it came to like... Oh, uh, like talking and saying your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, I gravitated towards films, but also I, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. I loved reading, but I didn't have enough time to read all the books I wanted to. So every night when I would go to bed from like age five or six or something like that, I would put on an audiobook of like uh, Ramona Quimby books or. Um, Those are some good shit. Real good shit. Uh, like the best shit. I'm sorry, really who good. is Ramona Quimby? Ramona Quimby <sighs> is a young child mm. in a working class family. Mm-hmm. And it's her life, like from eight. The books go from ages four through like eight. And so it is a coming She's got of eight. A weird haircut, right? Uh, I mean, I guess yeah. coming that one time define she, weird. Yeah, yeah coming weird coming of age story she, coming or just the GTS and figure it out, right? And now. then it's really weird. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, or that's she true. gets like uh, something stuck in it, I think, and then they have to cut it. But it's no, whole... no, 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 no. She got gum, or somebody got gum in her sister's hair. Oh, in Beezus' hair. Yeah, yeah, Beezus. That's not yeah. so weird. And yeah, it's then not they that expand weird. it to um, Beezus. That's not weird at all. It's just like a Dutch boy haircut. and that's that's from the first book. That's from when she was in like, like, preschool. Uh, it's like a girl's bowl cut. That's not. Yeah, right. that's basically yeah. what. Yeah, c- because they were poor, and so their mother cut their hair. Mm-hmm. Until in one of the books, Beezus insists on getting her hair cut in an actual salon. So they go to like mm-hmm. a, a haircutting school where she gets it done, and then Ramona gets her hair cut there too. Which Beezus is pissed off about because like older sister wants to do her own thing. Little sister takes over. She gets a pixie cut. Mm-hmm. Ramona gets cool. the pixie cut, and then all the attention is on her and how good her hair looks instead of Beezus, and so she gets jealous. Mm-hmm. I have a very, Jealousy. I have a very sensitive question for you, Zach. Uh, yeah, what, what did you fear the most when you were growing up? Paperwork. Paperwork. <laughs> sure. Was yes. Huge. huge. Going to the therapist or going to the barber. Mm, I never feared going to therapy because um, that was chill and cool and we we're just talking. The bar, I definitely was afraid of going to a barber. Um, or a hairstylist. Hairstylist, salon. Exactly. Um, getting your hair cut versus a, getting your, your, your brain fixed. But, yeah. but sharp objects versus, I mean, I mean, the concept of going to therapy to tackle something that you knew you didn't want to tackle was approachable to you? Yeah. I don't think it was... I. I absolutely wanted to tackle everything. Gotcha. Um, I was very excited when my mom was kind of like, hey, maybe we should take you to a therapist or something. And I was like, wow. that's awesome. It's like a really good present. Um, and But a, a haircut is awful. You got to like you a, a therapy session. You can kind of like guide your own journey. Like you can be like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to talk about this. If I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry all the fucking couch. But a haircut, they're like, you got to sit here, don't move, put your head this way, do that. And then let's talk about the weather. Yeah. And then somehow let's also have you talk while I'm like cutting your mustache hairs. <laughs> like, it was, like that makes no sense to me why people want to talk when you're like, you have a sharp 
Tell me, Zach, do you like lips? <laughs> I had do you the, want lips? <laughs> I, I had the most sexist haircut going on mm. when I was a kid. The barber, barber I what? went to. Yeah, the a sexist haircut. The haircut was sexist? Yeah, the haircut was so sexist. Not the barber, the haircut, but the haircut. No, the guy, the, yeah, no, the guy who was uh, the the stylist that I went to uh, was so incredibly sexist. Like, it would make Crew you... cut is definitely a sexist haircut. This guy, this guy would make totally Catherine agree. blush the way he was talking, like, in terms of the language. Drown the patriarchy. What do you mean blush? I mean, he was talking about like, like he'd spank my cheeks, like eating assholes. Red. He would ask if like I would eat her ass, and then it, her being like whomever like was an attractive woman. I'm like, are you're you describing kidding? Catherine's future husband. What are you talking so, about? Let me get this straight. You're getting your hair done. He's like, hey, that girl over there. You, would you eat her ass? I don't eat anybody's ass. That sounds. That actually sounds like a character I would love to meet. That sounds like a character I've played <laughs> as myself. Well, let's talk about characters uh, for a minute. Um, on this episode, as maybe alluded to before, um, monologues are uh, a part of today's uh, theme. Mm-hmm. And I can't verify exactly what this is going to be, but uh, could you tell us about the monologue that you brought with you today to play on Lost and Rewound? Oh, gosh. Uh, it's perfectly in line with all our therapy talks. Senior year of college, I accidentally was cast in a, a play. Um, accidentally, you were accidentally, I, I didn't Ooh, want to part be of there. you. What part of you? What was, part of me? Yeah. Oh, all of me. All was of you. there. All um, of you. All of me. Uh, I was. I mostly was hanging around the theater building to bother my friend, and then someone like shouted out a hall, like, "Hey, you want to come in an audition?" I was like, "Yeah, that's funny." Uh, and I went in, and I was like, "What's the part?" And they're like, "Oh, you play like a college kid with a wealth of like mommy issues, and he has really like a hard time flirting and is awkward and kind of gawky. Can you do that?" And I was like, e- "I think I can do this." Um, do I think I can do this? Not even acting, uh, and I had no acting experience. And do you have mommy issues? I have some mommy issues. Yeah. Was it a documentary? It ooh, that would have been. That would have been a really good idea if they just like suckered me into a documentary and were like, yeah, yeah, it's all a play. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this one of these plays where the experience was the the production was so all over the place that it almost would have been better to sort of like have it acted backwards and redubbed in I Korean? I hope not. Was it like Boyhood? No, I haven't seen Boyhood. It, it was, it no, it's long. not like Boyhood. No, nothing like it. It was, it's, um, <laughs> what's that movie with Jim Carrey? Oh, the Truman Show. Yes, Truman Show? yes. The Mask. Uh, the Mask. <laughs> the Mask. No, the Truman it, Show. Is it, is it like yes, he was he was Robin. collected by Loki, the ancient god of mischief. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a weird play. I think everyone else was very like into acting, and then they'd like tell me all the backstory they thought up, and they're like, "How do you act?" And I was like, uh, "I think of what I did last week and how I stammered with a girl." And hey, I'm doing it now. <laughs> uh, so the hey. monologue is from like a dream sequence that's in this play women in wallace i can't remember the author sorry um, gts while the monologue is being played gts we, oh shout out to our friend michelle carlo um of whom uh oh, i love michelle carlo she's lovely she's and she GTS. is google that shit google that ah. shit gts wow thanks michelle thank you michelle i love and, you i miss you and we will Aww. now play this clip uh in which uh by the way has some amazing uh image if you can uh, all see here around the table and oh is that uh who are at home that's right i'm talking to you i've been talking to you you um, listeners there's a uh, four women who are uh draped over, over you playing with your hair um, four loco <laughs> They're loco for me. Tyrannosaurus Rex by Wallace Kirkman, age 18. Don't go. I need help with this one. Stay right there. Please. You'll like this. It's very Freudian. In fact, it's a dream. 
I need a mother. I need somebody who can act like a mother. You'll do. I always wanted to be a dinosaur when I was young. Well, younger. I've long combo Tyrannosaurus. We both walk on two legs, we both eat meat, and we both answer to the nickname King of the Tyrant Lizards. Anyhow, the recipe for this dream is something like two parts Oedipus Rex, two parts Freud, and 19 parts me. In the beginning, the eventual parents are both 13 years old. And Jewish. They get bar mitzvahed and bat mitzvahed on the same day and sleep with each other on the same night. <laughs> Kids today. God bless them. On with the dream. The girl gets pregnant, as girls will do. She wants to get an abortion, but neither, their, neither of the partners got any cash for their mitzvahs. Only savings bonds. Lots of savings bonds. So they pack several pairs of underwear and go to stay with the girl's grandmother, a mentally ill fortune teller from Boston. When the baby is born, they immediately sell it on the black market. They use the money to pay a few months' rent on a Beacon Street apartment. The father starts to take boxing lessons. The mother spends her spare time in their spare apartment reading spare Japanese literature. They earn rent money and grocery money and boxing lesson money and Japanese book money by becoming kitty porn stars. And cut. And at this point, the dream leaps ahead about 17 years or so. The father is a very popular amateur boxer. The mother is about to commit ritual suicide. The son is a boxing necrophiliac who masturbates a whole lot. I wonder if there's anything good over at the morgue. She's beautiful. She's everything. She's dead. And she's a nice Jewish girl. I wonder where her bowels are. It's time to box. I've been having this dream every night for the past two months. It's always pretty much the same, although sometimes it's in color and sometimes it's in black and white. And once the black and white version was colorized, which pissed me off. I mean, it's more or less my life story. And who wants their life story colorized? That was uh, delightful and very much in your voice. <laughs> you know what it was? It was Flamin'. You had a few monologues in the play, I, you were saying. It, and it, by Jonathan Sherman. It was a one yeah, act. Jonathan Sherman yeah. is a one act play. Um, I have zero acting experience. Uh, and this is the first thing I was ever cast in. I am I in this play. I am the lead. I am never not on stage and never not talking. And I have like seven or eight monologues. Wow, nice, um, dude! Horrifying. But that's <laughs> an amazing first experience. It was so the crash course in acting and terrible. Also, because the whole play is women in Wallace. It's like he talks to his mom. He talks to his therapist. He talks to like all these women who are either his friends or like romantic interests or whatnot. And I, in the part of the play, I have to kiss maybe like three fifths of the cast, like three or four of the different members of the cast. They would, the director, Amanda would go like, okay, and now kiss. And I'd be like, okay. And I'd start to lean in and they go, oh my God, I just couldn't. Uh, and so every member of the cast was just like, ugh, I couldn't kiss him. And I was like, this is fine. I'm going to see my therapist later. <laughs> you're, you're reaffirming nothing at all here um, oh, and buddy. also i felt awkward because i was like yeah i wouldn't want to kiss me either like that's yeah. not a fun this is not a fun thursday night like let's say some lines in a sweaty basement and then like kiss this dude who i don't really know and i was like don't kiss me but then I, like everyone it was a fucking weird show i've had to do some stage kisses or some or kisses and uh like you know scene study classes and stuff and you know there's always that expectation that like you're going to be you know creepy and you know not know how to handle yourself and so obviously that expectation led me to be like okay i gotta be very cool and you know mm -hmm. not you know and not be a creep about it 
I mean, it's not hard to. It's like it's. I feel like it's harder to actually, you know, drum up all this like negative, toxic male energy when you're there to learn how to act. Did you know they do intimacy coaching now on sets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Did they kiss you at the like for the show and not during rehearsal? Yeah. So as we got close, the director Amanda and there are some like pretty weird, uh, like not like full sex scenes, but like. You know, you get on top of him and then you pull the sheets over and then you pantomime sex. And like a lot of the actresses were like, "Ugh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. That's not not with him. That was the other part. I was like, I get if you don't want to do it, but you don't have to keep saying not with him. (laughs) I'm a person. (laughs) We did the kissings for the actual play, but I do agree. It's not that hard to not be a, a toxic Dude, but it is made harder when your brain is screaming, everyone fucking hates you. (laughs) Make sure they don't hate you. So I was really even the butler, too. So sorry. Even the butler. The butler was like not doing well. (laughs) (laughs) You should go to your quarters, sir. (laughs) You should go to your quarters and give up on this entire endeavor. Why are you on stage? (laughs) No, sir. I won't bring you tea today. (laughs) You have not earned your chamomile. Honestly, I'm quite jealous. As as a first time, very intense acting, sort of mm-hmm. dive in, dive into the deep end, dude. That that must have been an incredible experience. I mean, to do something that's that sort of raw and honest, even though the events you just described don't sound to be like that much fun. Yeah. Um, do you see it as a positive experience looking back? Um, I do. I see it as a positive experience because I sit and don't do a lot of things. Basically, like how I was saying earlier, I was like, I just sat for five months and was just like sad and cool. Uh, mm. And for me to have jokingly been cast in this play and then be like, oh, I guess I have to learn all these words now <laughs> and say them with uh, emotion uh, live a bunch of times. I was like, that's kind of cool. And I like worked on that a lot. And the play was interesting. It was, <laughs> it was a weird play uh, in that like the first you know, minute his mom like kills himself and then the rest is him just being like, all right, now I'm kind of into women, kind of not into. And it's like the whole gamut of all the like dumb shit boys say when they're growing up trying to figure out how to be attracted to people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like. I like being able to talk about like, wasn't that weird? And how we kind of your brain evolved. Uh, and so I like being a part of that. There was a section later. In, like, I also hated because I had to act like I was seven because part of the play is when you're seven, the next part's 13, then 18 and stuff like that. And when I was trying to be seven, I was like, this is the dumbest shit in the world. Like the director's uh-huh. like, no, no, sound like a kid. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> she like, just sound like, like mommy, mommy. I was like, I'm not <laughs> fucking doing like peanuts gallery. Uh, that's a weird thing to do. But mm-hmm. I learned some stuff and I genuinely enjoyed the later parts where there was like a dream sequence and I got to pretend to be like a, uh, what are they called? The circus director? Uh, the ringleader? There you yeah, go. ringleaders. Um, and that was kind of cool. So yeah, I don't know. What was the feedback like when this was uh, all said and done? After people got the chance to see their friend act on a stage? <laughs> a weird compliment, but someone was like, wow, did you write this from your life? And I was like, no, my mom's still alive. <laughs> She's right over there. <laughs> that's a, that's, dude, that's a pretty huge compliment. <laughs> I mean, it is, but like, I don't know. It's a but weird this is, character. Think, think about it. It's your first time out. I mean, yeah. like that's, that's... It's a weird character to be like, hey, man, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's take a, a quick breather and uh, we're going to pivot a little bit. Uh, this was great. From mm. well, everything I could tell you, I'm grateful that you shared this because we're going to uh, keep 
the monologue theme slightly alive, mm. albeit a pivot over to me. Yeah. You, you down? Pivot, pivot Unlike away. that character's mother. Ooh. Oh, she pivoted to death. She or, pivoted to the afterlife. Stick around. We got more to come right here on Lost and Rewound. On Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. If you want to listen to our past episodes, you should do it. Do it right now. No, no, no. Wait until the show is done. Um, and listen to all of our past episodes. Go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR. That's our profile page. And right below all of our information about the show, you will see the megaphone drop-down player of where uh, you will see all of our past episodes, including an episode that features our our guest Lovely today. Lovely guest. Zach Lennon-Simon. Um Hi. And yeah, there's a whole lot of episodes I really want to be listening to there, as well as on SoundCloud um, and iTunes. Spotify and Podomatic seem to be out of date at the very moment, uh, so I'll get back to you on that. But we have otherwise all the episodes for at least up until like maybe a few months ago on Podomatic as well as Spotify. Um, you inspire me, Zach. So I appreciate you sharing what you shared before. It took a lot of courage for you as a new actor to get up on the stage and Indeed. perform and do something that, you know, in all honesty, considering my pedigree, my, my acting background, I probably would not have been able to successfully master seven monologues. And I definitely would have tried, but I would have failed. To be fair, I didn't master them. Uh, I forgot so- <laughs> quite a few lines. And then yeah. the actors just had to be like, well, we're just going to well, keep going. Well, also, I was drunk half the time. So. Yeah. Um, about forgetting that lines. That may have helped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is that does really help. Um, I, I I have an exhibit A and an exhibit B. Exhibit A comes from what I can only imagine was the archives of audition tapes before going to college. I applied to many schools, of which only a few of them I auditioned for. SUNY Purchase, I auditioned for Emerson, I auditioned for Drew University, in New Jersey, and Alfred University, which is the only other school I got into besides Ithaca. You know, I spoke to my mom recently about this video because I was very confused. And we concluded that we must have been in Boston visiting Emerson. And while we were at Emerson, I was able to use one of their rooms to record an audition tape, of which I sent to Emerson and vice versa, all the other schools. Um, And I don't know why I was wearing what I was wearing. It's not going to be uh, reflective for the listener. But what you're about to hear is me doing Puck from A Midsummer Night's Dream as my uh, classic monologue. You had to do like a contemporary and a classic. Yeah. So uh, let's listen now to uh, me at 18 doing uh, my best Puck. I hope it's Gold LeMay. Now the hungry lion roars and the wolf behind the moon. Well, the heavy plowman snores. All with weary half fodder. Now the wasted brands do grow. While the screech owl, screeching loud, puts the rest 
that lies involved in your remembrance of the shroud. Now it is that time of night that the graves gaping wide. Everyone lets forth the sprite in a churchway pass to glide. And we buried that you run by the Triple Hecate's team. From the presence of the sun, falling darkness like a dream. Now a frog, not a mouse, shall disturb this hollow I am set with broom before to sweep the dust behind the door. All right, I've got some questions. Okay. Why are you barefoot? Why are your pants that high? How did you acquire this video? And what was your contemporary monologue? Yeah, answer every single one of those. Then we got a reference. <laughs> okay, Puck is much easier to move around in uh, when you have no uh, shoes on because the, the character is inherently barefoot throughout the entire show. Oh, yeah. Uh, secondly, mm-hmm. um, no comment on why those pants are so high. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose it was... Was med- that a character choice hey, or an Elan choice? An Elan choice. Really? Okay. Because that's classic... Br- if you, you know watch- who's wow. recording this, by the way? My parents. If you watch the classic British um, royal stage, like the Globe Theater productions of yeah. those that are filmed, that is actually pretty akin to when they're in Dress Down and he's not dressed like a forest creature. That is actually very... The pants being crazy fucking high and it being that sort of like easy button down is almost identical to most of the ways the greats have done it. Easy Easy button down. I'm wearing. No. That's like my favorite puck speech, dude. I, I, Holy shit. I feel like I'm wearing a white long sleeve shirt that's like half turtleneck, but not. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's know. a mock turtleneck. Mock, a mock neck? It's a mock Mockle neck. Mockle neck. Or a tactile uh, neck. Turtle mock. Um, the audio is very bad. I don't think that even with the ability to digitize that audio for the show, um, the audio was much better better i mean the fact that that they were using my uh the, uh, the family camcorder to record that mm. was the first error like we should have been using something a lot more professional because you know that all these acting kids are applying and auditioning to their schools of choice with the most profesh equipment and my parents are like oh let's just take the camcorder into a rehearsal studio and record you yeah, yeah can i be yeah can i be totally honest no mics. oh that's <laughs> yeah. what that was yeah, can- i thought it was like the place where the audition was happening yeah and i they thought happened so too. to be there no, and that's that was- why the audio was bad and it's okay i'm sorry that read as that read as like a parent or you or your friend like just setting up a camera and trying to film you shittily i did not hear a single fucking word on that monologue like i could you yeah, were like i could not hear the articulation at all it was if it pretty makes bad. you feel yeah. better casting directors know within three seconds so no one saw the tape no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> there's also an, another audition piece in there for our town as sam stimson that was my contemporary i don't know why i picked like the most common play in the american uh um canon yeah exactly and i um did this monologue i don't know if anyone's familiar with like yes now you know now you know whatever uh mm-hmm. it, very angrily i did it very angrily like mm. as if like i was attacking somebody yes, now you know yeah now you know whoa, whoa. don't do that so close to the mic <laughs> Sorry. so so when you 
did this tape after you were done, did you feel more like in Willy Wonka <laughs> when you went up and out? <laughs> why? It's why? Or, or up and out in the glass elevator, yes, meaning success. Yes, or the or, bubble room. <laughs> well, yeah. Or did you feel when he got in the movie version when he got called out for drinking the soda and then it was a test and Willy Wonka is like, mm. not today, sir. And then, so was it more like that or more like going up and out? Um, Good day, neither, sir. Neither, yeah. It, you lose. Good day, sir. I said good day. Follow-up question. How long were your pants that high? How long were yeah, my like what amount of time did you rock that look? I think I just did it because my parents insisted that I wear something uh, very appropriate for this audition tape. Secondly, um, th- th- it was neither of those two, Rachel. Was it oh. camel toe protest? You know, so, so was it more like when Grandpa sh- Joe... Camel was it, no, it was... It, you know what it was? It was when Charlie thinks that he gets the ticket and he doesn't and he goes home back to the squalor that he lives in. Yeah. Oh, are you talking about the movie? <laughs> the mo- are you talking about the movie version? I am talking about the movie oh. version. That's what I thought you were talking about. Well, the up and out was from the book, I and see. then and then the angry scene, the Willy Wonka mm. test, that was all movie. That was all Gene Wilder. R. Yes. R. Um, I have one more clip to share. Kind of going a little bit off of the monologue theme, but going back to your theme, Zach, of forgetting lines. You know, a year earlier before that video we just heard was recorded, um, I was doing a talent show in high school, mm-hmm. and I performed uh, um, and forgot like what I was like, I I, I written, wrote my whole performance and forgot lines. It was a rap. Cheers. Yikes. I have the video here oh, to no. listen to. So it's rough, but that means it's perfect for the show. Yeah. So I what, am hype. This is uh, from Poughkeepsie Day School's uh, talent show in where I was a junior. Brace yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joy. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got any rhythm? That's okay. Uh, what? Try to figure this out. Bear with me. Well, anyway, no more than like Why isn't the air conditioner on in here? I have um, some questions. Yeah. What did she say? Look at me. Look at my face. <laughs> I'm looking at Will's wish. face. Look, I dressed myself. My parents had nothing to do with that no, That's wardrobe. obvious. That is obvious. <laughs> I have some questions. <laughs> who, who else has questions? Zach, let's start it off with you. I mean, this makes total sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said Poughkeepsie, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 Um... That is the best rendition of a dude dancing to himself in a mirror I've ever seen. Yeah. I've just never seen it done on a stage in front of an audience before. Is that a masturbating joke? <laughs> d d yes. <laughs> that was a really good callback. All of his jokes are masturbating jokes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a private school. There's a talent show. Everyone has a, a talent. You had <laughs> people in the audience who were cheering for you. They were... Enabling me? Friends? Yes. Okay. Maybe? Like I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I have to say, uh, you, 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 you definitely, uh, cared. You definitely were, were trying very hard. Um, I don't know <laughs> if the, I don't know if the subject matter was translated to the audience and, uh, and I don't know if your dance moves perfectly synced up with what you were doing, but I got to say, I give you tremendous kudos for, for doing that. Did you just, just like yet another condescending comment what? from Will Hasty? but no, 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 do you, no. Do you, yeah. did you have a director? No, I was yeah. doing uh, directing myself. Okay. Catherine. Well, I have absolutely no idea what I just saw. <laughs> I do want to compliment you for your chutzpah and your ability <laughs> to just be like, I fucked up, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, Go I didn't you. catch the fuck up. What, what were, Neither what, did I. Where, yeah, where was the fuck up? I uh, caught towards the it. First, first, yeah. first. It's an, I caught it, but what made me so relaxed about it was that there was a backing track. My absolute least favorite thing is if someone forgets what they're doing and then there's just silence. silence. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. So that there was music, I was like, oh, I don't even give a shit. Was <laughs> this your persona? <laughs> every day for a while or 
was no. this just a character? That no. was, what, was this, this was a costume. Oh, so this was built for this performance. Right? This right. whole thing. But he okay. had the articles of clothing. Yeah, you owned them. Oh my god. What um <laughs> you owned this. What what did the <laughs> what did the jersey say? I don't even think the jersey was anything it was related. Ben Wilson Hopkins. Wilson no, Hopkins? Hopkins. It was Hopkins. I don't know where I got that shirt. That shirt must have been the borrowed from someone. I think you know exactly where Good. you got that no, shirt. I don't Macklemore know where. Macklemore sold it to you himself. It, well, then. <laughs> I'm looking for it. Come up. I watched that performance and I realized that just proves that rap music was very inspiring to me at a very young age. To the point that I felt it necessary to not just perform at this same talent show doing a dance routine that I choreographed all on my own. But then Clearly, later on in the show, <laughs> but later on in the show, I did a rap. I did two performances. I did really? Red so I we did, didn't see the choreography. We don't get to see. <laughs> I believe we saw the choreography. It was just indistinguishable as choreography. This is a radio show. So if there's any visual videos that so, so, should be ever shown, it will have to not be on the show. Imagine, imagine a kid who's True never man. danced before and doesn't really have syncopation in his sort of body as of yeah. yet. That's are what I was de- playing. Are you describing dancing. Add to that the nervousness of a phone call where you're walking and pacing back and <laughs> <laughs> while rapping to a baseline. Yeah. Um, but Elon, I will say this. Uh, I knew you love to do um, improvised hip hop. I know. Yeah, I, mean, and, I rap and that's a now big really in your well, life, and you're very good at it. That sucks. It did, but I had never. <laughs> but, but I had never. Kid. Yeah. Well, I, I just never seen Pipsy. that. I mean, seventeen years old. It's fine. I will also yeah. say this and the puck monologue. The thing that is impressing me the most is that you're doing things that seem fucking scary as shit. Of like projecting yeah. Yeah. and being loud and being. A, how many people were in that auditorium? It sounded like more than twenty. Uh, I would say there were about a hundred people in. Uh, yeah, there That's you go. So many your high school who can friends see you. They That's, saw you. They saw me. Let's buy my friend. And you Hutzpah. were like, "I'm gonna do." Not only did you do this, you planned it. You got clothes together. You you <laughs> did. Not only did you do it, you did it once. Was this the first one we saw? Or the mean? second performance? You said you oh, did two I, performances. Oh, that yeah, night? yeah, yeah, yeah. The red alert dance routine. Uh, that was, was your second performance. First, that was the first. Okay, so, so you they did had already your routine one, and then you were like, "Nice, yeah. killed it once." Yep, going for two. <laughs> that to me blows my mind. Like yeah. that, you were like, "I got this." I've never been able to think of you as like the quintessential white overprivileged mm. rapper kid. I mean, and I that don't is think the I epitome yeah. of it incarnate. That I'm is glad, beautiful. I'm really happy you said it. Because I wasn't. This makes me feel so much better that you were once awkward. Zach, you've got all these shows that you have yeah. been doing. Oh, and, yeah. I and, co-host and a show. You co-host a, with, a few um, shows, or, or are you just a part I of these shows? One. I co-host one. I'm a part of other ones. I co-host with my, my good buddy, Jonathan Appel, at QED, uh, the fourth Thursday of every month. Uh, it's called Very Nice People Saying Very Nice Things. Because you're a very nice person. Uh, sure. I think that's what I want people to know. And everyone else <laughs> we have on the show is also... The show is created because the... Hey, does anyone know the world sucks? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it does. And so we're like, let's have like an hour of like comedy and uh, songs and other variety stuff where we just like don't feel negative or shitty or awful. Just like a Zachary, little... Zachary, like, do not tell them the happy. truth. 
Was that my butler? That was your butler, <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> so everything is... He took over you for a <laughs> Everything is bad. It, everything is bad is recognizing the fact that everything is bad. And yeah, that everything, happens Everything at... is bad is a, a wonderful show hosted um, by my friend Andrea Romano. Uh, she does it at the pit. I oh, think she... Man. She might be ending it soon, but I hope she doesn't. It's all about like mental health. So it's all these performances by people. Um, and that's, uh, I don't remember. I think there's a show coming up in September. It's coming up in I a little bit. I want to go to it. Tiny, it's really good. Before, before we get to that, just uh, want to uh, do a quick plug for Tiny Tales as well. Uh, what is that about? Yeah. Tiny Tales, I'm very, very excited about. That's a storytelling show um, that I got into. Uh, it's going to be October 3rd at the tank yep. Yep. seven or something. And it's a really cool concept. You tell five, one minute stories and then one five minute story. Ooh. Nice. That's really cool. fucking cool. Yeah. Actually. That's really great. I'm very excited for that. So one. basically anybody who's listening now who has been utterly charmed, had their pants or uh, vice versa, um, something on their lower torso charmed off mm-hmm. uh, because of your delightful presence today on lost and rewound. Then they my can belly go button fell off during this. Oh shit. <laughs> I got to say my left arm gone. Every, every happening I mean, already. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's very nice. People saying very nice things at QED September 26th, Tiny Tales at the Tank October 3rd, and Everything is Bad at the Pit Underground the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. We'll just say right now. Go to the pit uh, online to l- learn more. Flippity flirp Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Flirpity flirp. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you to Zach Lynn and Simon for uh, contributing some sounds and some uh, confessional and, and providing uh, us with some uh, testimonials of therapy on this edition. And thank oh, you uh, around the table here for, as well as those at home, for uh, uh, indu- indulging in my past. Come get embarrassed uh, with us. Every week here on Radio Free Brooklyn, we do this show here from the rec room every single week. And the rec room is also host to the RFB Teen Squad. If you want to learn more about that, it's starting up in just a few weeks. It's a six-week after-school program for local teens to learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals. Please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash afterschool to participate or donate to the program. Of course, your donations are tax-deductible because why wouldn't they be? We are a 501c3 after all. So it's for the arts. It's for a good cause, y'all. Good cause. Experiential learning. My name is Alon Danziger. That's My name's Will Hasty. And I'm Catherine Dunn. Rachel Teichman. Zachary Lennon Simon. <laughs> we did it, y'all. Thanks again for listening to us. And we'll catch you here to catch us here next week on RFB Radio. Free Brooklyn. Where's Brooklyn where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? I'm embarrassed. Where did you put it? I got your Brooklyn right here. Free Brooklyn. I, I am actually from. That's embarrassing. Well, fuck. Ow! I'm sorry. Ow! 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 Okay. We all right? That yes. was Will Hasty's last episode. He bled out slowly. <laughs>